stories brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm Sean McKenzie. I'm your guest host here today, and thank you so much for joining us on this journey of stories of freedom, stories of rediscovery, and stories of just new hope. I have a great guest lined up for you here today. Her name is Barbara Culver. She's from the Kentucky region, and at the tender age of 70, decided she's been teaching the Word of God for over 50 years, but now she's moved it to a new platform, which is podcasting. Her podcast is called It's His Story. And Barbara, I just want to say, first and foremost, welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. And thank you for joining us here today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I always like to start and and kind of get a sense where people started their journey of faith. And, you know, sometimes we take little detours along the way. So in a couple of minutes, let's talk a little bit about your journey of faith, because as I mentioned in the intro, you've been teaching the Word of God for some 50 years. So you've known him for a while. But can you tell the listener a little bit about that journey for you and what it looked like? My journey began at the age of actually six when I went to live with my dad and my stepmother. He allowed me to go to Sunday school. He would take me. He never went with me. My parents never went with me. But I was sent to a church where I didn't know anyone in that church, and he had never been to that church. At the age of nine, they gave me my first Bible. For me, it was just a book, and I was going to read about all these stories I had heard about in Sunday school. So for me, I just started like a book. started at the beginning, and I read it to the end. But it was different than most books that I read because I could not just lay it aside. I wanted to read it again. So before Christ ever called me to him, I had read the Bible all the way through three times. Didn't understand anything about it, nothing about it. But at the age of 16, the Holy Spirit called me and said, come to me. And I said, I can't do that. And he said, come to me. I said, but you can't love me the way you love people I read about in this book because I'm unlovable. And the third time, come to me. So at the age of 16, I walked the aisle of my church and I gave my heart and my life to Christ. And for the very first time in my life, I knew I was loved. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, For some some people, I just want to touch on that, though, feeling that unlovable, because a lot of the folks we work with and a lot of people who listen to our podcast and are part of our ministry, they at some point have felt that, too. They they felt unlovable. What was that like to feel that you were not good enough or, or able to be close to God? What was that feeling like? Growing up, I just felt lost. My mom and dad had divorced when I was 18 months old. My dad got custody of me, who was a truck driver and was never at home. And I didn't understand that. So I was raised by his siblings, but my mom wasn't in my life. And I thought, what did I do that was so bad that she couldn't want to be in my life? And so then when he remarried, he married a lady who had no children and made it very clear to me that she did not really want me around because I was always being told, we get along fine when you're not here. So growing up, I just had this identity crisis. Even though God was putting people around me that showed me love, it wasn't what I was requiring. 
I wanted to be loved by my dad, my mom, and even my stepmother. And it just felt like I was out there in the world with nobody. And when I come to Christ, I went home and I told my parents that I had given my life to Christ. And my dad looked at me and said, you didn't do anything but join a church. But I knew it was different. I had that feeling in me that I knew that God loved me. Life is different once we do that. But I do want to also pick on the other part, which is you had to you had to be told three times, come to me. We don't yeah. always come to Christ right away because sometimes we think not just because maybe we're unlovable. We think you really don't know who I am. Was that part yeah. of the story, too? Yeah, I think it was because I just knew that nobody around me seemed to care about me, the ones that I wanted to. So how could this man, God, that was so powerful and so creative how could he love a person like me that had nobody that cared anything about her? So, yeah, I think that was a lot of it, too. For you, though, to, to answer the call, I'm sure it was a journey. So what was that journey like? Because you've spent the past 50 years not just reading, but teaching his word and, and teaching the stories of the Bible. How did that begin for you? What, what was that journey like to start? Because I'm sure there was a little trepidation in starting. Well, he started me out teaching kindergartners. <laughs> there you go. My wife's a kindergarten teacher. I love that. Yeah. He started me there. I taught them for several years. And it seemed like every time he moved up the kids in my kindergarten class, he would move me up. But when I got to the high school teenagers, I stayed there for almost 15, 16 years. And mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it because I just felt like these teenagers maybe kind of like I was. They're just lost in the world and they don't know which way to go. They don't know the word of God. That's my number one issue with many churches because they do not teach the word. They teach everything but the word. And I wanted my kids to know what God was saying to them. And I made it a point that some Sundays I would leave my classroom and say, they didn't hear one word I said. But as I grew older and they grew up and lived their own lives, I've had so many of my teenagers send me letters, call me, text me, and say, we appreciate the word of God that you taught us because we remember from your class what it says. I make the word of God personal because it is personal. And I read about stories in there. I look at that story and I try to make it, what does that mean to me? How can I include that in my life? And that's what I did with them. So beautiful because when he puts it on your heart, it's kind of hard not to listen to him because he's going to get his way, whether we yes. want to or not sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> then he moved me up to teaching young adults. Now I teach a class of elderly ladies who the youngest in there is 75. So, <laughs> Well, that's so beautiful. Yeah. He keeps graduating you to new levels. Yeah. So yeah. as I said in the intro, at the tender age of 70, You've wanted to expand how you do teaching. And a number of months ago, you started this podcast platform. It's his story. So tell me kind of the genesis of how that began. I felt like the spirit was telling me to go out and share with people what God had done in my life. And in that process, teach his word also. At that time, I joined a Toastmasters because my daughter was there, but I felt like that would help me in my speaking. So I joined that. There, I learned so many things about how to do it correctly. They still tease me because I still make mistakes in my speaking. And they say, well, that's just who you are, so go on and do it. But I just felt the urge to get out. Time was running short. And people need to know what God can do for them. 
I had several churches that I went and spoke to. Then COVID hit. Then I went, well, I'm not doing anything. But then when 2021 hit, I still wasn't doing anything. And I said, Lord, have I heard this wrong? Am I doing this not the way you want me to? I said, okay. I said, you brought me this far. You took me to this point. So if you want, if this is really what you want me to do, go out and share your story in my life, then you give me one place a month to speak. That's all I ask for is one place. That month was going by and it got to the 28th day of the month. And I said, well, yes, I heard that wrong. And on the 28th day of the month, I got a call to go teach at a Christian drug rehab called Teen Challenge. And I spoke there and I've been speaking every month since. Amen to that. Yeah. And in that process, then he opened up the door for this podcast. And I have a friend who worked in TV and he said, I'll come out and I'll help you with it. I said, no, I want to figure this out on my own. God has brought me to this point. He'll help me do this. So it took me a while. It was a challenge. I'll be honest with you. I was really challenged with it because I'm 75 years old and I'm going, I'm not really sure how to do this. And I would tell my daughter, well, I've done one, but that sure didn't sound right. So it took me four or five podcasts to get it to where I felt like I was comfortable with, but it's coming along. And I just recently had some friends of mine put it on their Facebook page. So we're getting there. Well, you have to start with one step and no matter where that first step is, we always have to take that first step, but it must've felt a little daunting though, to do this, because as you mentioned, you had somebody who was going to try to help you, but you felt, no, I got to learn this on my own. So having this platform now, you get to teach to potentially a much wider audience that must do your heart well, knowing that you're still getting to share the love because he put yes. that love. I can tell that love, that passion for his word is right there yeah. inside of you. So this must be so exciting for you to be able to now take this to this next level. Yes, it is. I have just been thrilled with it. I, now, all of them are not perfect, but you know what? When I do one, I send it out anyway. There may be some mistakes in it, but I said, people understand I'm older woman. I don't always get everything right. You know, God doesn't make us perfect to start out with. He did in the beginning, but we're imperfect humans. And so I let go. I've had a lot of comments on it. My granddaughter, his friend, is just thrilled with it because she said, for the first time in my life, I want to go home and read my Bible. I went, that's what it's about. That's so awesome to hear because we do want to encourage people. Now, with talking to Teen Challenge, how is that? Because, I mean, I've worked in recovery circles for the past 20 years, and I never know how they're going to reply to, you know, react to anything I say. What was that like for you as a lover of the word and the lover of Christ and knowing what he's done in your life? What was that like to be able to speak to a group of people who are in active recovery? It was amazing. The first time I was very nervous, I'll admit that. I didn't know how they was going to react to me because I didn't know didn't know if all of them were Christians already or were just in the process of trying to find Christ. I really didn't know that, but it was amazing. They just opened up their hearts and their minds, and they were sitting there listening. I mean, like on the edge of their seats, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, God, what are you doing in this? And they are the ones that request for me to come back. So I feel like God is doing something with it, and I, and I love them, and I tell them all the time, I pray for them. I said, I pray for you all the time that you will grow in Christ, and you will know what it means 
for others to see Christ in you. And so I try to encourage him, but I try to make sure that I make it a point. You have to trust God. You have to obey God. And you have to walk in the spirit. If you don't do these things, then that relationship is going to be out of whack. And I said, you're not going to receive the blessings that you're expecting in life. But it's been an amazing thing. And I've watched some of them graduate from there. And I am known as Nana. (laughs) People call me Nana all the time because that's what my grandkids all call me. And I told them when I introduced myself, I said, I'm Barbara Culver. I I said, I'm Lacey's grandmother, but I said, I'm known as Nana. And if you want to call me Nana, you can call me Nana. And they all call me Nana. (laughs) How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? And Barbara, just to pick up on something you talked about a little earlier, and that is you still put your podcasts out, even if they're not perfect, because God hasn't made perfect people. He really hasn't. And I think for some of us in, in this, you know, mind frame, we are sometimes forgetful that the stories of the people in the Bible, a lot of them weren't perfect either. <laughs> I haven't found one that was. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it reassuring it is. outside of our Savior, Jesus? There's no right. one perfect in there, right? That's right. They all make mistakes. It's a learning tool. Some little. Yeah. That's right. I always like to tell people, because again, I've been working in recovery circles and working with people coming out of prison for the last number of years. I go, if you're waiting for the perfect church, if you're waiting for the perfect person to come along, that ain't happening. But it's yeah. a, it's a matter of getting to know the characters. And so I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you love teaching people about the characters and flaws and all, but telling the Bible through the characters of the Bible. Is that correct? That's correct. That's what I do. So tell us some of your favorite stories, the favorite characters that you like to encourage people with. Okay. The one, when I became a young adult, I told the Lord, I did not know how to honor his word by honoring my parents. I didn't know as an adult how to do that because I was always being criticized. I did nothing right. And I said, I don't know how to do that. I said, you teach me how to do that. So he led me to study. He said, study, don't just read, but study the life of Joseph. So Joseph is my go-to guy. I go to him because I think in my mind, he is the Old Testament representation of Jesus. Mm. And the things that he did in, in his life taught me how not to react to them in a negative way, but in a positive way. He didn't talk about what happened to him to anybody. There's no word in scripture that he says he talked to Pharaoh or he talked to Potiphar or the jailer, anybody about what had happened in his life. So in my life, I took that and applied that and I said, I didn't tell anyone about my life growing up. My husband didn't even know a lot of things in my life until my dad died at age of 85. That was one of the lessons I learned. I also learned that I feel like at night, this was a teenage boy. It doesn't tell us in scripture, but I can picture him at night laying down in bed and talking to God about it and saying, I don't understand this. I don't know why this is happening to me. And I believe God comforted him in that. But because Joseph was willing to obey and be the best that he could be in any place that he was placed by God, God blessed him. So I always tell people, you do the best that you can do and God will take care of the rest. He'll take care of it some way, somehow. It may not be the way you think it's going to happen, but it will happen. He didn't complain when he had to go to jail for something he didn't even do. He never complained about it. He worshiped God. He prayed to God. He let him be his guide and director. So Joseph is a person in my life 
that I always go to, to lean on and say, that's how I'm supposed to do this. This is how I'm supposed to live. But in the end, forgiveness was the biggest thing for Joseph. And for me, I had to learn to forgive. Forgive my mom, forgive my dad, forgive my stepmother. And that was hard. I'm not saying it was easy because it's not. Because when you're still getting faced with these things daily, you know, I just said, Lord, I don't know how to do this. So you're going to have to help. I went to my parents' house, give you an example. On my 25th wedding anniversary, I went to see my parents. They were sitting in the yard. It was just me. And my dad sat there and looked at me. And I said, well, today's my 25th anniversary. And he looked at me and he said, you know, he didn't marry you because he loved you. And I went, what'd you say? He said, he didn't marry you because he loved you. I said, well, he stuck around. He said, well, he just married you to stay out of the army. I said, okay, I think it's time that I need to go home. So I just got up and left. And that's how I, you know, I felt like God was leading me. It's time to go. You need to get out of here because I was going to say something that I was going to regret. And I didn't want to do that. So I used Joseph in my life. You know, I never complained about anything I had to do for my parents. And in the end, I got the greatest blessing of all because the last words that my stepmother ever spoke to me before she passed away, you really did love me, didn't you, Barbara? And I said, did. Wow. What a gift. What a treasure to be able to have that. I'm going to end our interview talking about that because something you just mentioned, it cuts to the core where a lot of people get stuck these days, and that is forgiveness. And Jesus is always telling us, I remember learning that early in my life, that if I'm not going to forgive my brother or sister, how can I ask for forgiveness? What's your take on that? You may struggle with it because I did struggle with it when my dad passed away. I was disinherited of anything from him. The Holy Spirit kept saying, you have to forgive. I said, I can't do that. He said, okay. So he shut down in me. And I literally knew the moment he shut down in me. I said, I I can't do it. So I didn't have a desire to read the word. I didn't have a desire to pray. The spirit didn't speak to me. And I was miserable for seven days. And finally, I said, God, I can't do this anymore. And I'll have to forgive. So you teach me how to do it. And he did. Now, through that story, I really hope the people who are listening and especially, again, I work with people in recovery. I work with people who are getting out of jail. That is one of the hardest things because unfortunately in life, as in Joseph's life, a lot of things happened in Joseph's life that were unfair. He got punishment that he never deserved, but he never allowed that to stop him from the will of God. Right. That's right. And that's what you have to do. You always have to make God number one. It's what he wants, not what you want, but what he wants from you so that he can shine through you. The beautiful thing is he's shining through you. I can just tell now getting this opportunity again, sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm retired now. And it seems like God has given you a new lease, Barbara. Yes, he has. He really has. And I'm loving it. You know, I enjoyed it. My daughters have been amazed with my husband's open heart surgery. They said, mom has never got upset about it. I said, when I woke up and he told me he had a heart attack, but he wasn't going to ER. I went, okay, Lord, you take care of him because he ain't going to let me. I just don't worry about it. That's right. Well, again, sometimes we just have to give it to God and and let it go or we stay stuck. Barbara, you and I could talk for another hour or two. I know that. I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, your podcast and how people can check it on out. It's called It's His Story. I hope I give people the desire to read the Bible because people don't read the Bible. Even Christians don't read the Bible. Well, if you're not going to get to know Jesus, if you don't read the word. He is the word. And so he is everything there is in the Bible. 
He's there all the time. He was there in the beginning. He's there. He came to the world and lived. He was there when he went to heaven and he's still here and he lives in us. And people, the greatest power you have on earth lives in you if you believe. Why wouldn't you not want to do what he wants you to do? He says, read my word, obey my commands. That's what my podcast is all about. I'm not really sure of all the places they send it out to. I know you can get it on Spotify and you can get it on public radio, but I'm not real sure about all the other places they send them out. Well, the nice thing is people can Google. It's his story, Barbara Culver. And when we listen, we'll think of it. Nana Culver telling us our story. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Barbara, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. You blessed my heart and I pray that it's going to bless many others. I pray that too. That's my prayer. All right. Our guest has been Barbara Culver here today on Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Sean McKenzie. Join us again next week when we have another guest who shares the love and passion that God has placed in their hearts. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today, and God bless you. I don't understand all the things around me, 
have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.